you want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're going to need help if you want to make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Well Endowed Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. And I'm Andrew Paul. This podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation, and we are a proud affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Edmonton is full of generous donors who've created endowment funds at ECF. These funds generate money to support charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share stories from the spaces where endowment and community intersect, because it's good to be well endowed. And we're back for a bonus episode this month. Yeah, we've had a lot of fantastic stories over the summer, and we didn't want to miss this one. I mean, technically, we're posting this on the first day of fall, but before we say goodbye to our summer, uh, or was it really a summer? It was pretty wet this year. Uh, we wanted to share one of our adventures from earlier this year. Kind of like an homage to the handful of warm days we had. So, Elizabeth, where did you get out to this time? We got out with Dale Guinau on a wildlife rescue ride-along. Dale is the Director of Business Development and Wild Rescue Manager at Wild North. That's a lot of wilds. Uh, what is Wild North? Well, their full name is Wild North, Northern Alberta Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation, and that's exactly what they do. They rescue wildlife, mostly birds and small animals, and they rehabilitate them to be released back into the wild. So I could have used these services uh, a number of years ago when I was about 9 or 10, and uh, I grew up in the country on an acreage uh, kind of right beside the train tracks, and I remember coming home on the school bus this one time and seeing this uh, limping raccoon in the ditch. So... Of course, when I got home, I ran into my house and was like, Dad, 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 there's a hurt raccoon in the ditch. we got to go catch it. So my dad, uh, one, didn't really believe me because we don't have raccoons in Alberta for the most part. Uh, but he got this big sort of poncho blanket, and we headed back down the road to see if we could find uh, this raccoon. And sure enough, here is this um, very injured uh, raccoon kind of hobbling through the grass and my dad threw the blanket over it and sort of scooped it up like a thrashing Santa Claus Christmas sack. And I just remember walking almost a kilometer back home with my dad's arms just stretched out at like 90 degree angles with this look on his face like he had just made a very terrible decision. So <laughs> when we got back to the house, um, of course, I was like, well, I found this raccoon, so it's mine, and I want it to sleep in my room. But we called uh, Fish and Wildlife to come get it. They couldn't come till the next morning, so we had to keep it overnight. You know, the woodshed probably would have been like a reasonable place to keep this thing overnight. But we ended up um, putting it in between two uh, <laughs> uh, laundry baskets and wiring the basket shut with like a bowl of water and you know stuff some dog food in there. And my, I think my parents agreed to let me keep this raccoon in my room because I was uh, just throwing a temperature tantrum. And they're probably like, well, you know what? Sometimes you just get what you ask for. <laughs> and I remember spending the next eight hours in absolute fear of this wild animal that was in the corner of my bedroom, but not being able to say, Mom, get this thing out of here because I didn't want to lose face because I had made such... <laughs> a stink about having this thing stay in my room uh so um it would have been great if uh you know wild rescue could have come and just picked that up for us uh, and saved me some real uh childhood trauma uh but anyways i, think I digress you're right. they I digress. would have been great getting, getting back to the episode here <laughs> 
So what do you think Dale would have said about how we handled this situation? Well, while it is very hilarious, I'm pretty sure he would have said that was the wrong thing to do. And the right thing to do would be to give them a call. Uh, if there is a wild animal in your area and you don't know what to do about it, Wild North can help you. And they do it in a way that's compassionate and safe for both you and the animals. That's a really good point. Safety first, everybody. Well, Wild North just got a brand new rescue vehicle with some support from ECF. So Dale offered to take us on a ride along. And by us, I mean Craig Stumfallon, our director of grants, and our producer, Lisa Pruden, who was also there to record all the action. Lisa has cut our adventure together into a special segment. So I'm going to throw it over to her. Thanks, Elizabeth. Dale took us for a full afternoon of rescue adventure. He even came to pick us up from the office in their brand new vehicle, which looked great. It's a black SUV with the Wild North logo, plus a canoe, or is that a kayak strapped to the roof? So it is the fancy vehicle. Hi, Greg. Hi. How are you Hi. doing? I'm Craig. Dale. Craig, nice to meet you. Nice to meet pleasure. you. This Hi, is Lisa. Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, and I'm Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Hi, yeah. Come on in, guys. All right. So that little chirping you're hearing in the background is a little gosling that we're going to be looking to foster into another family today. Nice. So, but so we have a couple things to do. So first we are going on our way to go um, pick up a pigeon at a school on our way. And then uh, from there we're going to look at conducting an adult goose rescue with a goose with a broken wing uh, who may or may not be out in the water. And then we're going to try and reunite this little gosling with a, a new foster family. Wild North specializes in humanely rescuing and rehabilitating wildlife, an important service because even in our urban and domestic settings, we still encounter all sorts of things like squirrels or birds or hares and other wild animals, and not very many people know what to do when they see one in distress. Dale shared a story while we drove. There was uh, a recent story that uh, Global was running uh, just a couple of days ago about a wonderful family who found some ducklings and they contacted a, a wildlife management company who said, oh yeah, just take the ducklings and let it go in the pond, you know, and so they took it out and they let it go and uh, so so the uh, Global picked up on it and said, oh, what a great, you know, feel-good story and they asked if they could do an interview and I started talking to them and they said, oh, so you mean they probably shouldn't have just let the ducklings out? I said, no, I said, first, it's, it's illegal, they're protected by the Migratory Birds Convention Act, so you're not supposed to be handling them. And uh, yeah, you really need to leave it to the professionals so we can assess the species and the likelihood and do it properly. And so you get a lot of people who want to help, but we just don't have the information, right? Yeah. We're trying to get that out there. So yeah. So Dale and his team are here to help. Wild North is on a mission to help us humans learn how to coexist with wildlife in a respectful and compassionate way and helping us all stay safe in the process. This ride along was a great opportunity to see Wild North in action. Our first stop was to answer a call about an injured bird waiting for us in the school office. You'll hear Dale first call it a pigeon, but we would later find out that it was actually a gull. All right, so we are on our way to King Edward Elementary School, and uh, they have a pigeon for us that they captured just outside of the, of the school, and it's waiting for us at their office. So we'll swing by and pick that little guy up on our way to the goose rescue. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's a naughty little pigeon. Hi there, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm, I'm Dale from Wild Hi, North. Nice to see you, I'm yeah. very glad to see you. <laughs> how are you? kind of getting stressed out. Yeah, I understand you have a little feathered yeah, friend. back here. Ah, what can you tell me about this guy? Where did you find him? We found him just right out front. He has a pretty big gash on his back. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's chill right now. Yeah, well we sure appreciate you looking out for this little guy. We can, uh, we'll get him back to our hospital and see yeah. what we can do for him. 
Hi, little buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. We sure appreciate it. That's, uh, if, uh, if we're able to repair the wing, would you be interested in us bringing him back and releasing him here again? Yeah, okay, perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for looking out for him. All right. One down. <laughs> so this is pretty typical. We have, uh, on our busy summer days, we're sometimes out doing eight or nine rescues in a day. So that's keeping us very busy. And uh, sometimes these, uh, the pickups, we have a volunteer transporters who sometimes do these kind of pickups for us, you know, but if we're out and about doing rescue, we're close, we'll drive by and get them. But um, so we have different uh, sort of levels of volunteers. We have, you know, the transport drivers and then we have rescuers and, you know, they all have different levels of training. And Wild North has an amazing team of volunteers and interns who work alongside their staff. There are over 70 that also include post-secondary students and veterinarians, which is good because they treat over 2,500 wildlife patients every year. Our next stop was Jackie Parker Park, where we would meet one of those interns, Alex, and also the executive director of Wild North, Graham Curry. We had two missions at this park. So we have, there's a, been a goose spotted here with a, uh, a broken wing. So we're gonna see if we can find him on the pond here and see what we can do about rescuing him. And then we have this little noisy fella in the back, our little gosling, we're gonna do our best to find him a new family so we can introduce him. All right. When we got out, Alex came to tell Dale about the park and they made a plan of action. And sorry listeners, there is a fair amount of traffic and kids playing in the background. I saw some goslings over on, on that side there, they're about football size. Full size, or big guys? Uh, football size. Oh, football size, okay. That's maybe a little small, but not by a huge amount. Okay, yeah, we'll uh, have a look. There's nothing over there, though. You, you didn't see an injured one yet? Okay, so no. we may have to go to the island and yeah, see if we can, can get them up there, okay. All right, well, let's get, um, let's get some equipment and let's uh, head down to the area where we you know it was spotted yeah. last time. And, um, and maybe we'll bring, uh, I'm wondering if we should, uh, should we bring the boat over? So you had a little scout around already, right? You yeah. And you couldn't see anybody, yeah, I hey? There, I mean, there's a bunch of them around here, but right. nothing injured. Okay. All right, so we're going to take uh, the little gosling because Alex was just saying that he noticed there's some gosling on the pond here. So we're going to take our little guy and we're going to go over and some eyes and look at the size, see if they're similar, and uh, see if we can integrate this little guy in with, uh, with a new family group. So Dale brought the gosling out of the vehicle, and we all walked down to the pond where Alex had spotted a potential family. Dale asked us to stand back to give the geese some space and began to very slowly approach. The idea was to get the orphan gosling to join the other goslings. Dale would get as near as he could to set the gosling down and then would back away. The trouble was that the adult geese didn't like Dale being so close and would charge him with their wings out which was really scary for our little orphan, who would just run back to Dale. I'm the wrong way, love. So Dale had to get sneaky, setting the gosling down, and then moving so that the goose family would be in between himself and the orphan and then he would try to herd everyone together. At one point, the adult geese started to get more aggressive. 
But Dale was undeterred, even when one goose nearly flew up into his face. It's okay. It's okay, love. Let's try. Let's try again here. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, Mama. It's okay. It's okay. He calmly stretched out his arms, and soon the whole goose family was in Dale's wingspan, and the orphan was nearly in the group. Everybody just stay nice and still. They all started to head down to the water, and we thought for a moment that we had success. It's okay, Mama. Unfortunately, it turned out our little guy wasn't ready for a swim. Dale tried to coax him into the water, but he wasn't having it. I know you're scared. I know you're scared. Chip, 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 chip. And the adult geese started charging again, which made the orphan gosling really nervous. Try your later. Okay, you want to grab his kennel? Not a good fit, hey? It's okay. We'll try again. All right. All right, let's get him back in here. Perfect. Okay, is it up there? Good. All right, so mama was receptive, but baby, not so much. She was thought she was a leprechaun to get close. So um, that's not a good fit yet, and uh, we're also noticing some issues with this little guy. He's having a little more difficulty walking, so we're going to, uh, I think we're going to take him back, have another look at him, and then look at another family. This is the only one that's old enough to introduce him to, and he's just not feeling it. We almost had him. He was like, followed in there, but uh, not a go. Yeah, and I don't want to, we're not going to push it because I don't want him to get stressed out in the water because we put him at risk. So we'll take him back and uh, we'll try another family. Now, when did you pick him up? Um, like when did he come into us? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, what, four days ago? Okay, because I noticed yeah. he kept running towards you. I think he was just afraid of the other okay. guy, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other guy I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He was just... Um, and what, why did he come in? He was just found on his own okay. with no other geese in sight anywhere. So, uh, but I don't know if you noticed, I noticed when we released him, he was trying to keep up with the other guys. He had a little, a little limp problem, a little bit of wobble with his legs. So, um, which is probably not problematic, um, but now that we're going to take him anyway, and try another family, we'll assess that first and have a good look right before we do. So yeah, so this is sort of trials and tribulations, right, of what we do. Sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Um, we're, we always seem to manage to find a, a good solution, but sometimes not on the first go around, and it's gotta be a good fit for the families and the babies. So, um, so that's okay. All right, so let's get him nice and cool, and then uh, see if we can go after a big one. Okay. So we placed the gosling back in the air-conditioned vehicle. Then it was time to find the injured goose the one that had been reported with a broken wing. So our whole group began walking over to where it had last been spotted. While we were walking, I got a chance to talk with Graham. Hi, I'm Graham Kareem, Executive Director of Wild North. 
So, and sorry, you said that was your first time watching a... Uh, a gosling, an attempted gosling fostering. That's, I, I think that's what we call it. Yeah. That sounds, sounds uh, official. Um, yeah, no, I, I've, I like to come out on the odd rescue here and there just to kind of see what, what, you know, people like Dale and our rescue interns actually go through. And it's, it's just generally interesting to, to see how that, uh, how that works. Um, we did. We worked with EPCOR on a stormwater pond ice rescue last summer, which was actually one that that I helped out on because I'd just gone through the uh, rescue training. With uh, we did a specialized rescue training for our uh, city of Edmonton park rangers and uh, and bylaw officers. So I got to sit in on that one, and we decided to put it to practice, and I helped. Uh, Dale out a little bit mostly mostly just kind of towing him in on the kayak but uh, but that one was really cool to see the way he he kind of works the the ice and it, it's just important that we have people like like Dale and our, our trained interns doing those kinds of rescues especially because you you sometimes get people wanting really wanting to help and and we see on Facebook conversations people talking about oh well I'll go out on the ice there and uh, and now that we have this formalized program we can actively respond like no we're on it you like we've trained professionals doing this sort of thing and uh, and we can generally keep the general public safe generally keep the general public safe that's a <laughs> that's a quote to put on a t-shirt with my face we still had a ways to go so I took some time to catch up with Alex too so Alex, I'll interview you while you're walking. How long have you been part of Wild North? So I started uh, this internship on the 1st of May, just uh, this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. What do you think of it so far? It is probably the best possible internship I could have gotten. It's a really good time. You get to go out. You get to make a difference in the lives of these animals. You get to be a part of the process. It's just all in all a great way to uh, spend your time. Yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to go to uh, buy those picnic tables over there. We're going to set down maybe in the shade of that big tree. And we're going to wait for Dale to come over. Hopefully with a goose. Yeah. Yeah. So we came out here a little while ago. And uh, it sounded like it would be nice and easy because he was overeating this hay here. But uh, by the time we got here, he'd made it into the water, and so we couldn't, didn't have much hope because we didn't have our kayak with us. After another look around the area, we still couldn't find the injured goose that had been reported. So we needed a new plan. Here, because we got sightings of this goose with an injured wing, but we couldn't see him, I guess, walking around when Graham and Alex walked around. So I'm going to go on the island, check the island out, see if he's there, and we can flush him into the water, and then I'm going to try to, if we can find him, um, with the boat, we're going to try to push him up onto shore where Alex is going to have him on the land uh, over here in the far end. So uh, if you guys want to go with Alex, you're going to walk to the far end over here, and I'm going to go in the boat here and see if I can't find him and, and bring him that way to us. Cool. I went with Alex into the shrubs, as close to the water as possible. From there, we could see Dale paddle up to the island and get out of the boat. Then he disappeared into the trees. Moments later, what looked like hundreds of herons took flight circling over the island. It was beautiful. So we waited for several minutes, but when Dale emerged, 
there was still no goose. So uh, no sign of them, but in a case like this we hand out uh, business cards and engage people and so if someone who frequences, frequences the park, uh, you know, who's here regularly might spot them, give us a call and then when they have their eyes on them we can come out and, and hopefully get them. So big park, lots of bush, big island, so uh, no luck today, but uh, I'm sure we'll come across them eventually. It was a tough day for the rescue team. We didn't have quite the success we were hoping for with our little gosling or with finding the injured goose. But, as Dale said, it would just have to try again. For now, it was time to head home. Back in the rescue van with our gosling, we had a little debrief and learned about some other kinds of rescues Wild North had seen this year. Just a heads up, there is quite a bit of background noise from the air conditioner and traffic, but the air conditioner was important because it was helping our animal friends stay cool. Yeah, no, he, was, uh, he wasn't crazy about joining that family. Usually, and again, the older they are, the more difficult it is to integrate them with families. The little wee guys seem to go pretty readily. And this guy's a pretty old, uh, like they're, they said that these guys are the first ones hatched out this season. So he's on the big side and uh, they kind of know who they are and they know who their families are. And so they're sometimes a little bit apprehensive, you know? Does it ever happen where they don't join a family? Like what happens? Uh, no, with the geese, uh, we, we've always eventually had success. So that means that, uh, you know, with this guy, we'll take him back, we'll examine him, give him a clean health check again, we'll try again with another family. Uh, different environment maybe, you know. Um, the parents in this case seemed uh, pretty willing to take him on. Uh, he was just apprehensive, right? So for whatever reason, he didn't think it was a good fit. So we'll try again. But with some animals, like I was saying, like ducklings, for example, those guys, uh, you know, it's very difficult to integrate them and we have to raise them before we can let them go. So this has been an, uh, an exciting week for us though. So well, in the last two weeks, uh, we've had some really um, pretty alarming uh, rescues that have been a little bit uh, scary. We have a hare in our care now that somebody shot with an arrow wow. and uh, it went into through his chest, but uh, missed his heart by about three millimeters and it just nicked his sternum and uh, he just underwent some surgery today and he's got a, a drain put in and got stitched up and he seems healthy and we're very uh, hopeful that he'll be able to, to go back out there. And then two weeks ago, we got a, a porcupine that was caught up in a human snare. Somebody set a snare uh, for an animal, a porcupine got caught up in it and uh, was found on the side of the highway. He was there for several hours before somebody found him and called us to come. We had to cut him loose and cut the wire off him. So, you know, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting rescues, no two are alike, that's for sure. We also asked what will happen to the goose once they find it. So he'll get a thorough exam when he gets to our hospital. He'll get an x-ray to determine if there's any obvious uh, breaks. Uh, we might run blood work depending on what's, what's going on. And so uh, we would stabilize him at, at the hospital. And after 24 hours, we'll have a better idea to know whether you know, the wing can be fixed, um, you know, what we need to do. So we don't spare any expense when it comes to the, the care or long-term housing animals. They'll stay as long as they need to if they can get better and will receive any care. We don't differentiate, you know, the idea is to provide compassion to care, so we don't care if it's a sparrow or an eagle, they all get the same attention. Um, but if it's uh, an injury that it can't survive in the wild, or if there's suffering that we can't mitigate, uh, then obviously we have to consider humane euthanasia as, a, as an option. So uh, usually within the first 24 hours, we get a pretty good idea how they're going to do. Uh, we still can't guarantee they're going to make it, but uh, we usually have a pretty good feeling at that point. Wild North has both a hospital and a rehab center. 
Both are open seven days a week, all year round. The hospital has a treatment room, on-site radiology, on-site surgery, and short-term housing so animals can get the care they need before being released back to the wild. For those animals who need more time, or for orphaned animals who need to be raised before being released, Wild North also has a rehab center. There is only one guest who has remained. We only have one permanent resident at our hospital, and that's a porcupine that somebody kept in their home as a pet for 10 years. And uh, her name, believe it or not, uh, when she came MA to us, was uh, Danger Cat. <laughs> That's what they call her, right? <laughs> so, um, so she has become our only animal ambassador. Um, and because she was so over-socialized, if you were to try to release her, uh, she'd walk up to the first person she sees trying to climb up her leg. Like, she has no fear of people. She uh, lived in their home, ate out of the dog's dish. You know, she, uh, she lives outside, but she travels with us routinely to our school presentations. And so our manager of education, Carly, takes her into schools and, uh, uh, again, you know, helps to illustrate why wild animals don't make good pets and, you know, that she could have lived in the wild, but she can't now, but uh, so we're forced to look after her, but she's now, you know, has a great purpose. So do you still call her Danger Cat? No, we renamed her because we thought, uh, you know, taking a porcupine into schools called Danger Cat was probably not, you know, <laughs> like an animal with the name Danger in it is probably not conducive to getting kids to warm up to wildlife. So uh, we've named her, uh, renamed her Wild Rose. And because uh, she's prickly like a rose and from wild north and of course Alberta, so we thought that was uh, a nice name for her. Bringing Wild Rose, aka Danger Cat, to schools is just a small part of Wild North's education programming. They have a free junior wildlife ambassador program for grades three to six, and they also have educational programs for all ages. And for us adults out there, they have cool things like wild adventure photography where professional photographers take you out and show you how to search for and photograph wildlife. Wild North also has a Healthy Backyards program all about living with urban wildlife. Soon we were back at the office saying farewell. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Yeah, yes, it was a real pleasure. Very nice, to, very nice to meet you both. Great to meet you. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for coming along on a little rescue adventure. It had been a pretty incredible day seeing how the Wild North rescue team works especially seeing the genuine concern and kindness that everyone demonstrated. It's good to know that these fine folks are looking out for the wildlife in our community. You know, I really have to get in on one of these field trips uh, one of these days. It sounds like you guys had a blast. It was really cool to see Wild North team in action, and it was great to meet Dale especially, because he also ended up helping us with another project, which we'll talk about in a second. First, Dale called us a few days ahead of the show to let us know how the animals that we met are doing. And here's his message. Hi, Lisa. It's Dale calling from Wild North. I just wanted to uh, touch base with you and thank you for coming out and participating in our day of rescue. Wanted to give you a little update of some of the guys that we, uh, of the situations that we addressed when you were out. Um, some sad news about our bird that we rescued or that we transported from um, the school that we picked up. It was a uh, beautiful uh, gull that unfortunately passed away. And, however, some good news on the other two. Our little uh, gosling, after reviewing the footage and assessing the situation, determined that that little guy, we feel, spent way too much time in someone's home before it made its way to the center. So he was quite an imprinted little bird. He was sent down to a colleague paired with a surrogate parent goose 
who taught him how to be a goose again and uh, was eventually released. So that was uh, good news. And uh, on the goose front, that we went on our quest to see if we could find. Uh, the following week, we actually found the bird at Jackie Parker Park, uh, rescued with a wing injury, and uh, addressed all of its problems at our wildlife uh, hospital. So good news there, too. Anyways, thought you'd uh, enjoy an update, and uh, thanks again for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Take care for now. Thanks so much for keeping us in the loop, Dale. And uh, yeah, we're pretty sad to hear that Gall didn't make it. Uh, that really must be a hard part of the job. It was great to hear that our squeaky passenger found a goose mentor and that you were able to find and rescue the goose from the park. So, Elizabeth, what else did Dale help you with? Well, Dale joined our panel of experts and community members for our Green Spaces Vital Topic. And as you know, ECF participates in Vital Signs and has been doing these focused topics throughout the year. Our Green Spaces Vital Topic can be found on our website at ecfoundation.org or inside Legacy in Action magazine. It's packed with some wonderful facts about Edmonton and the surrounding area. For example, did you know that North Saskatchewan's muddy appearance is due to the silt it transports? The water quality is safe for a variety of recreational uses, including swimming and tubing. So we're very lucky to have a large amount of green space. Uh, So how much green space is in and around Edmonton? Well, we have the North Saskatchewan River Valley, a loosely connected strip of land covering 18,000 acres. It's the largest urban park in Canada and boasts 160 kilometers of maintained pathways and 20 major parks. Edmonton itself has seven hectares of parkland per 1,000 people. So parks are within 400 meters of anywhere in downtown Edmonton, but mm, the connections are not always convenient, accessible, or pleasant. So what about outside of Edmonton? Excellent question. We're very lucky to be living in one of the most ecologically rich areas in Canada. Just east of Edmonton is Beaver Hills Biosphere, which was named a UNESCO biosphere in 2016. It contains wetlands, forests, lakes, and it is home to a variety of animals. This includes Elk Island National Park, several provincial parks, and protected areas. So these areas must be teeming with uh, many animals. So what lives there aside from, well, you know, our regular coyote-type friends? Well, we definitely have coyotes, but Edmonton is also home to almost 50 species of mammals, more than 150 species of birds, five species of amphibians, and two species of reptiles, not my favorite, but they belong here anyway, and approximately 30 species of fish. So, in fact, we also have 40 species of wildlife that are at risk in Edmonton. Okay, and let's go back to the coyotes for a second here. They seem to be everywhere, uh, and a lot of people are wondering, you know, should you be afraid of them? No, we shouldn't be afraid. In fact, coyotes are a natural part of our ecosystem, and serious conflicts with people are very rare. Um, Though they normally stay away from people, to avoid them, keep your lids on your trash and don't get them used to human food sources, and particularly keep your small pets close. Uh, Should you encounter a coyote that seems too curious, face the animal, make yourself appeal large, and then be loud and aggressive by shouting and clapping. We can live in harmony with this important species. So is there anything else that you'd like to add about green spaces? Yes. Goats. Okay, you got to tell me about these goats. Well, Edmonton employs almost 200 goats every summer to eat weeds at Rundle Park. Uh, Edmontonians who want to meet them and see them at work can go to a meet and bleat. It's just another example of the unique green space we live and work near. I hope folks enjoy the Green Space's vital topic, and a special thank you to our engaged committee who supplied us with the facts and figures. We couldn't have done it without them. All right, well, thanks for filling us in on the Green Space's vital science topic, Elizabeth. And we are getting close to the end of the show, but before we go, we just wanted to provide a quick reminder that Will's Week is coming up fast. As we talked about on the previous episode, number 54, you can get free advice from estate lawyers about how to prepare and maintain your estate. That runs from October 7th to October 10th, and you can see the schedule at ecfoundation.org or check out our show notes for the link. 
And don't forget, the due date for the next Young Edmonton Grants is October 15. If you're between the ages of 13 and 24 with a cool project in mind, you could be eligible for funding. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, too. Friends, the show notes are where it's at. All the links, all the time, every episode. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us a lot. We really appreciate them. And you can follow us on Facebook, too. That's a good place to see pictures of our guests and tell us what you think about the show. Thanks again for hanging out with us. We've been your hosts, Elizabeth Bonking And Andrew Paul. Until next, next time. time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. And is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. The show is edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at the ECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well Endowed.